This episode of the Culture Coach podcast is sponsored by Timekeeper Financial Solutions. Timekeeper helps creatives and small business owners keep their financial books in order so that you can do what you're great at. Timekeeperfinancial.com, keeping count of what counts. Welcome to Culture Coach, a podcast with me, Nikki Lerner, helping you to engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding as it relates to culture and come from. Thanks for joining me today. You ready to go? Let's get started. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. You know, I wanted to create a space each week where you and I can learn about different cultures and come froms in a safe, non-threatening, non-embarrassing environment. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For more creative resources and ideas, you can engage with me at NikkiLearner.com. I went to a retirement party once. And I was happy to be there. I had uh, been invited uh, as part of a network um, of leaders and people. And I had been invited as the outgoing CEO uh, was uh, making their way out. And I'd known this CEO for a couple of years and uh, was very grateful to be a part of the retirement, uh, the retirement celebration. And so I was at this party and it was most of what you would think it would be. It was uh, really good food, good conversation, um, good people, all the things. And so uh, when it came time to uh, have different people, you know, kind of say beautiful things about the outgoing CEO and kind of celebrate, you know, what he had uh, done with the company. Uh, you know, everybody was like, you know, come on up, you know, give a speech, give a speech. And so uh, the CEO went to the stage and he got up on the stage and first of all, just kind of said, you know, uh, I'm not quite sure what to say. You know, it's been a good, uh, it's been a good stretch, you know, all the things that you would expect someone to say uh, as they are departing and as they are leaving their own organization. So he said some things and then he, he started to go into a more reflective moment. And he paused for a minute and he kind of looked down And then he looked up and he said something like this. You know, when I was first asked to take this position, I didn't know much. When I was first asked to take this position, I had never led a company in this industry. And when I was asked to lead this company, I had no skills. I had no skills in the industry that we are in. But I was grateful to be asked. I was grateful to be considered. 
I was grateful that someone saw something in me and took a chance and thought that I might be able to lead this great company. And I'm grateful to turn it over to the next person that I have asked to lead in the next 10, 20, 30 years in this company. And that was the moment, y'all. That was the moment. That was the moment when I knew that there is no such thing as the best candidate. I knew right then and there, standing in that room, listening to this man who had had a uh, very successful career at the company, about to turn it over to the next person that he chose to lead the company. I knew it was standing right in front of me that the best candidate is a myth. It's one of the things that I hear most often uh, from company leaders, from organizational leaders, from presidents, from CEOs, from HR directors, when they think about broadening their hiring pool, when they think about broadening their hiring slate, uh, when they think about making sure that their hiring practices going forward uh, are more culturally rich, are more culturally expansive and more culturally inclusive. One of the first statements that I always hear is, we just want the best candidate. Now, don't we all? <laughs> I mean, honestly, don't we all just want the best candidate? Of course. So let me just say that right out the gate, because there are some of you that are listening to me right now and you're like, uh-oh, you know, where, where are we going down this path, right? Talking about hiring. But what I want to challenge with you today is the story around how you talk about hiring at your organization. Everybody says they want the best candidate. What does that mean? Have you defined it? Let's go back to our story. I was so intrigued by so many different things in that story. First of all, if you caught it, the outgoing CEO started with, <laughs> when I was asked, when I was asked to take on the reins, Let's just pause there for a minute. For many of you, this is part of your perfect system 
for creating a monocultural company. That there are people in your organization that get the opportunity to be asked without ever entering a process even for senior leadership in your company. That happened to this CEO. He was asked when the company was looking for a new CEO. They didn't go through a process. He just told you. He didn't say when I was hired for this position or after I went through the hiring process or after I had my sixth interview. It was none of that. It was when I was asked. This is part of the perfect system for building a monocultural company is that if you're honest, there are so many of you at the top of your organization that that's how you fill leadership positions. You ask. You think about who you know in your network and then you ask. And many of you, and let me just tell you, I have done this before as a leader and I'm not proud of it. But many of you bypass process and ask your friends or ask your favorite boss or ask your favorite colleague. Now, Inherently, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I know that all of us know that networking and relationship is the currency of the day. It does matter who you know. It does matter who you, who you are in proximity with and where you are in proximity. However, the important question to ask as a leader at all times is what does my network look like? Because if your network looks entire or is full of entirely people that look like you for you to think that your most senior positions in the company are going to be diverse but your process step 1 in your process is who do i know and you're looking at your multi your monocultural friend base this is part of some of the issue when I was asked to take this position. And then there was more. There's another part in the story where, where the outgoing CEO basically says that when he was asked to take on the responsibility of being at the helm of a company in a very specific industry, that he had absolutely no experience and no skill in that industry. but we want the best candidate. Do you? <laughs> I also hear right behind the best candidate, oftentimes from people, uh, when they say, you know, about hiring, oh, we just want the best, the best candidate. Well, we want someone with, that has the most skill. Hmm, really? Because according to this outgoing speech, in order to be the CEO of a company, not everybody needs to have experience or the skill in the industry that we're talking about. So so who who are we putting this process onto? He said I had no skill. And then later when he said 
when I was asked, I was just so grateful to get an opportunity. Hmm. We want the best candidate. We want the most skilled candidate. That's what people say. That's what people say are the thing that they want the most. And yet here is a, an outgoing leader who got the position because he knew someone, who got the position because uh, somebody happened to take a, a chance on this person and had enough belief in them that they could get the job done. Based on what? If we're honest, many times it's based on things like intuition or fit or, you know, I just got a sense about this guy or I just got a hunch. For as much as organizations and CEOs love data and numbers and case studies, oftentimes when it comes to filling positions at the very top of organizations, it is now all of a sudden come down to nothing uh, objective, but oftentimes comes down to subjective emotions and feelings. We want the best candidate. We want the most skilled candidate. I'm telling you today that the best candidate is a myth. Because let's be honest. Let's be honest. All you have to go on is somebody's resume and a handful of interviews that you happen to do, right? And most of you know that you've already been burned by this. Most of you, you have done hiring and interviews and spent all this time with people only to find out that like, you know, when they start week one or by week two or by week four, they have revealed to you that somewhere along the line, either they lied to you or it's just not working out, right? This happens all the time. <laughs> and I wish that we would just be honest about it. This happens all the time. We just want the best candidate. We want the most skilled candidate. And the best candidate is a myth. You never know that someone is the best candidate until they actually show up to your company, start working for several months, and then they show you whether or not you were right in your hiring process. I mean, let us, let us re release, let us release this idea that, you know, every person that we hire, every person that we offer a job to, every decision that we make, that we are somehow you know uh that we are somehow always choosing the best candidate because here's what it sounds like on the other side of that right first of all this phrase we just want the best candidate usually only pops up when we were talking about diversifying the workforce why is that because oftentimes it feels like it's a defense mechanism, if I'm honest. It feels like a defense mechanism for leaders to give them a reason not to change the processes of their hiring. 
or not to change how they have done networking in the past or not to change anything that has been, that has worked for a monocultural organization, but now will not work for a multicultural organization. It sounds like a defense mechanism. And the more that you say, well, we just want the best candidate, or uh, if you say, well, we're just looking for the best skilled person. I also want you to know and be aware leader that you're walking dangerously close to making an assumption that only people that look like you are skilled. That only people that come from your people group or your neighborhood or your, uh, uh, your college, your university, um, the last organization that you worked with, whatever it is, you're making, you're walking dangerously close to the line of saying that people that don't look like you are not skilled. And that is the beginning of a seed of racism. And I say that so that you and I will continue to look at those things in ourselves and be willing to look at our own biases and our own fear. Because oftentimes we hide behind this narrative of the best candidate. We have idealized the best candidate. We, we, we have totally forgotten about all of the people that maybe we have hired that have not worked out, <laughs> right? We, we completely forget about any of those things because we have idealized and oftentimes romanticized the best candidate whenever we have a position open. What if we dropped this narrative, this false narrative of the best candidate and instead just said, you know what, we're working to find people uh, who are willing to learn, who are willing to step in and do the job. And we never know if we quite get it right, but here are the processes that we use in order to get the kind of people that we're looking for here. Let's stop flattering ourselves that we know how to get the best candidate. I hear this idea all the time that, you know, people are asked, People are asked to take some of these most senior positions. And here's the thing is that so many people in, in, um, in organizational life, in business life, in company life, they don't even know that this is going on, right? They don't even know. They, they, uh, there are some people in your organization that have dreams of working at an executive level uh, may never think to ask what needs to happen in order for me to get there. Uh, what are the, what's the skill set that's required in order for me to get there? Um, and they don't even know, <laughs> they don't even know that there is a way that executives do this. And if you're an executive, you know, I'm right. <laughs> I mean, how many, how many times, uh, or how many stories do you know? of, uh, you know, the best candidate happens to be uh, the president's daughter because the president's daughter happens to need a job. <laughs> and so uh, 
a position is created for that for, for that person based on the family relationship with no process no you know open resume time like nothing just something being created now we kind of live in this uh interesting dual nature right because if you're the owner of a company um you know a lot of times you you own a company so that you can do stuff like that right i mean that you own a company because you want to you want to own the decisions you want to own what's going on right and again we just have to be honest about what the best candidate is I hear so many stories and I know so many people of positions being created or people being asked to jump into new senior executive roles uh, only because they know somebody or they play golf with somebody or, you know, their uh, their families are on the baseball teams or I mean, this is happening all over the place. Now, what, what I'm saying is like, should that never happen? No, I don't believe that. Because I believe that networks are powerful. And again, I, you know, I own my own business. I want to make the decisions. But what I'm saying is I'm, I'm just calling all of us to be more honest. Like, let's be more honest that the best candidate is a myth. We come up with the process that we, that, that we think is going to work, okay, the best. We do the best that we can. That's what I'm saying. We do the best that we can to find the person that we think is going to work really well uh, in those spots, right? We do the best that we can through the process that we pick. But let us not think that there is such a thing as the best candidate. Because this only comes up when we talk about diversifying our work, our work staff. I had a friend who was um who had been uh let go of a company or from a company uh during the pandemic and uh my friend is just a, a rock star i mean <laughs> he's a rock star he works in the corporate world um has worked for some of the the bigger companies and it was really difficult for him to uh find someone that would hire him and i believe he was out of work for about a year um un- so Almost, almost a year into it, he had realized, I don't know if he heard from someone or whatever, that there was, it sounded like to me, this is how I received it. I'm not sure this is what he said, but this is how I received it. Like the secret society of, you know, uh, people who had executive level experience and, you know, there are certain uh, headhunters and there's certain companies that, you know, you pay an exorbitant amount of money uh, so that you can get connected to some of the top companies in some of these senior executive roles, right? And I asked him, because he is a, a person of non, non-majority non come from, and I asked him, I said, so when you thought about that pool or if you knew who was in that pool of people, um, how many people are not majority? And he said he was one of very few. But that that's the process oftentimes right is either you have to be in the know of um the secret society if you will of how people get senior executive jobs um you apparently have to know someone or be related to someone to get a high a higher up job um you know these these become part of our process and we don't see them that way 
right? We see so many of these things as just a natural part of doing business or organizational life. And the reality is, is that we choose to do that, right? We choose that. And, you know, we get really confused around how we ended up being a monocultural company or how we ended up, you know, not having any diversity on our teams, our decision-making teams. But we are, many times we can refuse to look at these types of processes because we don't call them processes. We just call them ways of being. But it is a process. It is a process whether we call it that or not. You know, I worked for an organization once where, you know, it seemed like that, this is my perception, it seemed like that, you know, all, all of the, um, the, the people who were in senior leadership somehow, you know, all their, their children end up getting jobs everywhere in the, in the organization. Now, you know, their children are very gifted um, and good at what they do, but if we were to apply this idea of the best candidate, like, so what you're telling me is, is that if you've got five senior executives and that you allowed people to go through a process of who's the best candidate, send in their resumes, go through all the interviews, and uh, the five best candidates are the five children of the five executives, I'm not saying that's not possible, but what I am saying is that <laughs> that seems awfully coincidental to me. Doesn't it seem like that to you? So again, what I'm not trying to say is that, you know, great, awesome people are not out there. I'm actually saying the opposite. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that we need to add to how we see this, this, uh, this process that we have in hiring or this narrative of the best candidate. We don't know that someone is the best candidate until they show up and start working and prove themselves to be the best candidate. You don't know that somebody's the best candidate on the front end. So I'm just saying, can we be honest about that? We need to be honest about that if we want to see any diversity grow in our organizations at the most senior positions. Yes, we can find people through our networks. Yes. And yes, we can find people through a really great process. Yes, we can find people uh, through the networks of other people. Yes. And let's not call uh, something a reality that's not. There is no such thing as the best candidate. It is a myth. There are highly skilled people uh, all over the place. And how about uh, we not blame the people <laughs> for not being good enough or not wanting to work or not wanting to whatever? How about we not blame the people and instead start to poke our own process to see if there's something broken there? They're highly skilled people. There are awesome people everywhere. Let's be a little better at um, experimenting and trying some things. But the best candidate? It's a myth. Let's go. Hey, thanks so much for making the time to listen. If you like the insight today, tell your friends and be part of the newsletter at NikkiLearner.com. Remember, 
It takes that first decision to realize your vision for a more generous, multicultural life. I'll see you next week.